Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Did it ever occur to you that nothing occurs to God? Stop and think about that for a minute with me. You and I have sudden revelations sometimes, those aha moments when the lights come on and we realize something that we never really grasped before. But that's never the case with Almighty God. He's omniscient, that is, he knows all things from an infinity past till infinity in the future. And he's fully in charge and he has a sovereign plan for this world and for its inhabitants. And, and no place do we see that more fantastically than when we look in the scriptures and we see, as we look from the Old to the New Testament and so on, it unfolds God's plan of salvation, bringing salvation to sinful and fallen mankind. In the last three months here at Maranatha, we've been spending time in the Old Testament. We've looked especially in the book of Deuteronomy and, and in some of the earlier chapters of Deuteronomy, we saw God's spokesperson Moses toward the end of his life, giving instructions to the children of Israel about how they should live when they would enter in the promised land. And uh, in order for, uh, that they would grasp his moral plan for their lives, God gave them the Ten Commandments. And so we've been spending time walking through those, and you can sum them all up by saying that they are, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And as we've reviewed those Ten Commandments in these last months, and we've been reminded over and over that we fall short of living up to God's standard. In weakness of our humanity, we give in to temptations, and we disobey God's commands daily in thought and word and in deed. And as a result, according to the Bible, we deserve God's eternal wrath to be poured upon us. But God had a plan of providing deliverance forgiveness of all of our sins through a Savior who would suffer and die in our place. And, and this plan was first revealed even in the very first book of the Bible in Genesis. And, and we get glimpses of it then in, in, all, in the Old Testament books as we go through them. And, and even in the book of Deuteronomy, it's there in chapter 18. And so I'd like us to look at that today um, where it tells us um, God's word about a prophet who would come, who would be like Moses and, and would come sometime in the future invite you to look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 18. It will begin reading at verse 14. And I invite you to stand in reverence to God's word as we read. <clears throat> For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those that practice witchcraft and, and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen, and you shall listen to him. And this is according to all that you have asked of the Lord your God in Horeb on the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God. Let me not see um, this great fire anymore, or I will die. And the Lord said to me, They have spoken well. I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. 
It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who speaks a word presumptuously in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, of which he speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. You may say in your heart, how will we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing that does not come about or come true, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously, and you shall not be afraid of him. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that as we meditate on this passage of Scripture today, that you would open our eyes, that, that we maybe have those aha moments as we see how it is that, that your plan was mapped out, and it reveals the person of Jesus, even way back here in the Old Testament. We ask uh, that you'd speak to each of our hearts and, and that, Lord, each one of us would know of our need for Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Please be seated. So why was it that God promised to raise up a prophet like Moses? Well, you know, when people have a great leader, they come to count on him to guide them as a group through the various challenges of, that life brings along. And Moses certainly had been such a great leader, leading the people of Israel out of Egypt, slavery there, and right through the Red Sea and that miracle, and then out into this wilderness area where when they were hungry and thirsty, Moses had cried out to God on their behalf, and God had provided water in the wilderness and manna from heaven to feed them. And Moses had also led these people to the foot of a mountain known as Mount Sinai, or also called Mount Horeb, uh, where they had received then from the very hand of God ten commandments on stone tablets. Moses had been a great leader for a very stubborn and complaining people group. And, and uh, at 120 years old, the Bible says about him that his eye was not dim, nor his vigor abated. And the last chapter of Deuteronomy says further that at the time of that writing, no prophet had arisen in Israel like Moses who knew the Lord face to face, through whom the Lord performed such signs and wonders. However, the time would come when one like Moses, but even greater, would appear. And that's what our text is about today. Well, why again did God promise to raise up a prophet like Moses? Well, it was because the people needed a mediator. Almighty God scared them. They caught just a glimpse of his awesomeness there at the foot of Mount Horeb. And we read about it actually in Exodus chapter 19 and 20. And there it tells us about that day as they were at the base of Mount Horeb and God gave them the Ten Commandments. And I read from verse, or chapter 19, verse 16. There it came about on the third day when it was morning that there were thunder and lightning flashes and a thick cloud upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet sound so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. And now Mount Sinai was all in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked violently. And when the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him with thunder. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, Moses went up, and then the Lord spoke to Moses and said, Go down and warn the people, so that they do not break through to the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. And so, you see, God's holiness 
was there in, in such an awesome way that sinful mankind could expect God's wrath to strike them dead if they even got close. And, and so that day the people stood at a distance and they asked Moses to speak to God for them and, and from God to them and to be their mediator. Let's think about who this prophet like Moses that was to come would be. Um, Deuteronomy 18 tells us about it there. Um, and throughout the rest of the Old Testament, there were many other prophets of God that came on the scene to warn people to turn back from the idols and, and to further promise this great prophet yet to come. But none of those Old Testament prophets were the prophet like Moses described here. Not any of the ones you know we have in our Bible the end of the Old Testament, what we call the minor prophets. Um, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. i got to say it fast in order to keep them in order. Um, that's the minor prophets. And then there's the major ones we talk about, of Isaiah and Jeremiah, uh, Ezekiel, and Daniel. None of them. That's not who was being spoken of here. Um, and not any of the founders of other major religions that would come along later. Like, like Muhammad, for instance. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but um, the Muslims actually believe the first five books of our Bible. They, they hold to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy as God's word. And, and they believe, then, that this prophecy here in Deuteronomy 18 it, it, of a prophet like Moses is actually pointing ahead to Muhammad, um, whom they claim is the last and the greatest of the prophets. But they are deceived. This prophecy is not about Muhammad. And I think you'll see why as we go on with this today. Um, the New Testament reading in Acts chapter 3 um, tells us of who this prophecy was about. It was not Muhammad. It was not any of the founders of other religions that would come up later. Or not Buddha or Gandhi, not Joseph Smith, Sun Young Moon, or any of them. And, and definitely not any leader of what you would call atheism. It's been said that atheism is... a uh, Nonprofit organization. <laughs> Atheists don't believe there is a God, and so then they certainly don't believe that there's a prophet speaking from him. The prophet, like Moses, spoken of in Deuteronomy 18, was Jesus Christ. And, and we know that because the Apostle Peter told us so as he preached in the second sermon after Jesus ascended back to heaven, and that was the scripture reading that we had from Acts chapter 3. And there, Peter is saying that that is Jesus, that this prophet, um, like Moses, that was coming. Why is it that Peter could say that with such confidence? Um, it, it's because Peter knew Jesus personally. He'd observed what other people said about him. He'd listened to him himself teach. He'd seen Jesus do many, many miracles. And uh, he'd heard Jesus say to the Jewish religious leaders, If you believe Moses, you'd believe me. For he wrote of me. And then think of Philip. Uh, when he had gone and found his friend Nathaniel and tell him about Jesus, what did he say? He said, we found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And the, toward the end of the Gospel of Luke, <clears throat> it tells us of Jesus' resurrection appearances, including when he appears to the true men on the road to Emmaus and how Jesus then opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And they had kind of that aha moment when they recognized what, what he was saying there and how the law and the prophets had all pointed ahead at Jesus. 
And so Deuteronomy 18 was pointing to Jesus. Well, let's think about for a minute then how it is that we see that Moses and Jesus were so much alike. You know, I knew there were some similarities uh, before I really began this study, but I, I was impressed with how many more. I, I had not thought of all of those. And, 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 you know, certainly it's possible that any number of people could have some similarities to Moses. For instance, if, if Moses had blue eyes and brown hair and was five foot ten, I don't know that he was, but if he was, then I could say, well, you know, what a coincidence. That, that was speaking about me. But no. Um, or, <clears throat> or we could say, well, Moses and Jesus uh, were both shepherds of sorts, which they were. Um, that'd be interesting, but there are lots of people that were shepherds. But now there are some other very unique similarities between Moses and Jesus, and I want you to think about them with me here. I'm going to go through several of them briefly this morning, um, <clears throat> starting with their birth. Um, both <clears throat> were, were born in a situation where, where they were at risk of a violent death, even in infancy. When Moses was born, you may remember the story, and Pharaoh required killing of all male Hebrew babies, but Moses' mother hid him in a basket in the bulrushes, and then Pharaoh's daughter found and rescued that little one. <clears throat> when Jesus was born, Herod found out from the wise men about this birth of a new king, and uh, he was jealous, and so he had all boy babies killed but Jesus was miraculously spared when an angel told Joseph to flee with Mary and, and Jesus to Egypt. <clears throat> Both of them were called out of Egypt, you might say. Moses to go and lead the people of Israel out of slavery. Jesus to go back to Israel where he would then grow up and be the one who would set people free from the slavery of sin. <clears throat> Both of them were empowered to do signs and wonders. Um, thinking of Moses, uh, some examples that come to mind, his hand um, became leprous, and he put it back in his pocket, and it was healed. He cast a stick on the ground, and it became a snake, picked it up again, and it was a stick again. And then there were the many plagues. With, with Jesus, we know he performed many miracles, healings, casting out demons, demonstrating power over storms, many, many examples showing his power connected to God. <clears throat> Both of them were involved in feeding multitudes. Um, Moses, as a leader, promised the people in the wilderness bread each day, and God supplied that for this large multitude. Jesus prayed to God that day when that large crowd was gathered of 5,000, and five loaves and two fish were multiplied to feed all those people. <clears throat> and it tells us right after that in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, uh, this. Therefore, when the people saw the sign which he had performed, that miracle of feeding the 5,000, they said this. They said, truly, this is the prophet who has come into the world. Remember also how water came out of a rock for Moses to satisfy those thirsty Israelites in the wilderness? Well, in John chapter 7, it tells us of how after Jesus had changed water into wine, um, at Cana, he, he had said to the multitudes, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And it tells us after that, some of the people, when they heard these words, were saying, this is certainly the prophet. They understood Jesus to be that prophet Moses had talked about. 
More similarities come up between Jesus and Moses. Both of them were willing to be a redeemer for sinful people. Moses willing to risk his life and go back to Egypt and, and help to free his people. Jesus willing to leave his throne in heaven and give his life to free people from their sins. Both of them served as a mediator between God and his people. And I already described why that was needed there for the Old Testament people of Israel and how God would then talk to Moses and he'd go and tell them God's word to the people and, and vice versa. Well, when Jesus came as a mediator between a holy God and sinful mankind, he opened the way for a relationship between us. Both of them made intercession on behalf of sinful people. <clears throat> yeah, at, at times, the Old Testament people of Israel sinned and they rebelled against God so that God was all set to just wipe them out. And Moses would stand in the gap, so to speak, and he would pray to God for mercy for his people. Jesus stepped into the gap. He became the sin bearer for all mankind. And he interceded for those even that put him on the cross, saying, Father, forgive them, <clears throat> for they do not know what they're doing. And now Jesus lives still to give intercession to the Father for us. Both of them spoke God's words directly. When Moses spoke, he was speaking as God's mouthpiece to the people, speaking the very word of God to them. And Jesus claimed deity himself, and so he spoke directly from God. And as we've considered all these different similarities between Moses and Jesus, you know, Deuteronomy told us that there was coming someday a prophet like Moses from among the Jews, and I've named so far eight different similarities we see, and most of those are, are not things where an ordinary man could set out to do them and somehow disguise himself as this prophet like Moses. None of us would, would fit that description, nor would anybody else I know except Jesus. There's one last similarity between Moses and Jesus. Those who refuse to listen to their words face very serious consequences. The people of Israel faced serious consequences when they didn't listen to Moses' words from God. Some of them, as a result, were given deadly sicknesses. Some were zapped with fire from heaven. Some had the ground open up and swallow them. Judgment of God upon blatant disobedience. But the consequences for refusing to listen to Jesus are even more sobering. Jesus warns, for instance, in the Gospel of John chapter 3, of perishing, that is, of eternal separation from God. However, it makes it so clear that no one need to end up there, because in that same chapter, Jesus promises, whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And the eternal life that Jesus offers is so much more than <clears throat> what Moses could offer of entering the promised land. Um, Moses could lead them to the edge of the promised land there in, in what's present-day Israel, where they would then get to live a few more years of their life. But Jesus offers us eternal life, life beyond the grave. And that brings us to lastly then recognizing some differences between the two as well. How is Jesus different than and, and greater than Moses? Well, Jesus was perfect. Moses was not. Moses was a great leader, but, but like all other human leaders, he was not perfect. At times, he disobeyed God, acted hastily and sinfully. And it was his own sin that kept him from being allowed to enter the promised land. 
And it's each of our sins that would keep all of us from entering heaven if it wasn't for this prophet like Moses, who was even greater, that came along for us. Jesus was the sinless Son of God. He was obedient to the Heavenly Father in all things. And the Bible tells us that because of that, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. And you see, Jesus brought something that Moses couldn't bring. And before I explain that, I want to just tell you a story that might help you catch this point. You may have heard about a man that died and ended up at the gates of heaven. And St. Peter met him there at the pearly gates, and he said, you know, here's how it works for you. You need 100 points to get into heaven. You tell me all the good things you've done, and I'm going to give you a certain number of points for each item, depending on just how good it was. And when you reach 100 points, you get in. Okay, says the man, well, let me start with this. You know, I, I married um, a woman. I was married to her for 50 years straight. I never cheated on her, not even in my heart. That's that's wonderful, said Peter. That's worth three points. <laughs> three points. Well, I attended church all of my life. I supported its ministries with tithes and service. Terrific, said Peter. Well, that's worth another point. <laughs> One point. Well, how about this? I started a soup kitchen in my city, and I worked in a shelter for homeless veterans. Fantastic. There's another two points. Two points, says a man. Well, at this rate, the only way I'm going to get into heaven is by the grace of God. Exactly, son. Come on in. You may have heard that before. I think it explains this importance of what we need to grasp here. And John, in John chapter 1, talks about this, and he says it this way. That the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. You see, the Ten Commandments are law. And, and the law can never save us, no matter how hard we try to keep it. You and I will never be able to perfectly keep it. And, and so we could never be saved by our good works, even if you got a list better than that guy. We can only be saved through another way. And, and that is only by the grace of God. The law came through Moses, and it shows us our sinfulness and our need for a Savior. And the gospel of grace shows us our Savior, Jesus Christ. This prophet like Moses who was so much greater because he was the Son of God. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth are realized through Jesus Christ. And God had an awesome, thoroughly mapped out plan of redeeming fallen mankind. And it included some very specific details. And it's fascinating to see some of those details because they show us God's amazing plan. Those details included then sending a prophet like Moses in many ways, but even much greater because he was the sinless son of God who through his coming to this earth, living that perfect life that we could not, and then dying on the cross and rising again from the grave, he, he offers us forgiveness of all of our sin and eternal life in his presence in glory when this life is over. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, thank you for what we've learned as we've gone through the commandments. And Lord, you reminded us there uh, of your standards. And Lord, we 
recognize them as important. Uh, we honor them. We, we want to follow them. But you know we fall short in our thoughts and our words and our deeds. And you've convicted us of some of those things, Lord, in these last weeks. But Lord, we thank you that also in Deuteronomy it, it points us to the Savior who was to come. And we thank you that we see that here. This, this prophet like Moses, this great leader in the Old Testament that we saw. But Lord, we see in Jesus the fulfillment of that prophecy. We, we see him fulfill them in many respects, Lord. And we thank you especially that in, in Jesus we see then the standard that you held up for all of us lived out. Uh, and, and that he also was willing to, in our place, and take on your wrath on himself on the cross, that we might go free, that we might know forgiveness of our sin and eternal life. And, and Lord, I pray that each one of us would grasp that today. Lord, that there wouldn't be anybody who would be counting on, well, I'm a pretty good person, I did all these things. But Lord, that we would recognize that it's only by the grace of God that we can be forgiven and have eternal life. And it's in Jesus. And we thank you for that. And Lord, we ask that you'd bless as we go through this Advent season and, and we see the scriptures that point ahead to that Savior that was to come. And we see it fulfilled in Christ. We ask your blessing on each of us as we go our way. In Jesus' name, amen.